I Borrow Your Mind, episode one. How exciting is that? Imagine that. You're listening. If you are listening to this, it's probably like two of you. You can one day when this is known and renowned as the greatest podcast ever, you can be like, I listened to episode one when it came out. Um, and if you're listening to this in 50 years retrospectively, then good for you as well. I'm, I'm glad you went all the way back to 2020. I hope life is okay, whatever you're doing out there in the future. Um, my name's Lewis Garnham. This is my podcast. Can I borrow your mind? I'm very excited about doing it. It's um, the premise, as you can probably guess from the title, I'm going to borrow the minds of guests. I'm going to interview people. Each week, there'll be a new episode with a new guest, someone that I think is intelligent or inspirational or talented or passionate. The idea being that I don't know enough about the world. I feel like the world is a very turbulent, fraught and um, kind of strange, scary place at the moment. <laughs> Um, and I want to I want to know more about it. I want to learn more about everything. Basically, um, I want to be well versed on as many topics as I can be. So I'm going to chat to people, and they're going to teach me things. I'm going to pick their brains, and in turn, hopefully, the listener you will also learn a lot of things. And I hope that'll be done in a really palatable way, um, and a nice way to listen to. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's a good thing if it's if it's a fun interesting podcast for you to listen to and you can gain a lot from it i think you will gain a lot from it because the guests that i'm getting are great i'm i'm really excited about the people i'm going to be chatting to um in this episode i talked to tony armstrong which was really cool tony armstrong is an ex afl player he played for the adelaide crows the sydney swans and the collingwood magpies he had a pretty has a pretty big career in the media since finishing AFL football. He has commentated on Indigenous radio. He became the first Indigenous person to commentate a commercial radio AFL game, which is a pretty crazy achievement. He did that on Triple M last year. He commentates on ABC Radio now. And he also does the sports bulletin for ABC News 24. He's a very smart man, a very interesting person. He's a proud Baron Binya man. He knows a lot about a lot of different things. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. Um, he also hosts Yokai Footy on Wednesday nights on NITV. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty crazy list of achievements. Obviously, I was very keen to get him onto this podcast and I think it's a great way to kick off the podcast talking to Tony. Um, we talk a lot about the AFL, what it's like being an AFL player on field and off field. We talk about his time at Sydney Swans and playing alongside Adam Goods who, who he grew up being inspired by um, and we talk about a little bit about what happened to Adam Goods at the end of his career and, and how Tony felt during that time. We talk about racism generally in Australia the Black Lives Matter movement um, and Aboriginal deaths in custody. So we talk about some pretty uh, upsetting things. Um, but I think it's a really good, really interesting chat. Tony's a very smart person and I think you'll enjoy listening to him speak about these things. I recorded this on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respect to their elders past and present and to any First Nations people who might be listening to this podcast or not listening to this podcast either way. Um, and I'll also just point out that it was recorded on Zoom, this podcast, and uh, there's a few glitchy moments. Also, we jump straight in, like the intro where I sort of said hello to Tony got cut off and it also ends abruptly. Zoom was glitching out a bit. I mean, you can't complain about that, can you really? I mean, stage four lockdown in Melbourne, it, what would you have me do? Break the rules so that I can provide a more quality audio <laughs> of my podcast? No, you wouldn't want me to do that. So, you know, let's all just be a bit, a bit understanding of that situation. The intro music at the beginning of this podcast is by a band called Silt. They're a great Melbourne band. I've seen them live a couple of times and I would highly recommend checking them out. Go see them live when this pandemic ends. You can like their Facebook page, Silt Melbourne. 
S-I-L-T. Or follow them on Instagram, silt underscore music. And yeah, get into it. Um, let's go straight to the podcast now. I hope you enjoy it. Please rate it. Give it a five-star rating if you like it. There'll be a new episode each week and subscribe to it because you're going to love it. This is Can I Borrow Your Mind with Lewis Garnham and my first guest, Tony Armstrong. Cheers. experience of playing in the AFL, I think you played 35 games at three different clubs. Um, the experience off field, all the just uh, like uh, that sort of fascinates me, that whole world. I, I, like I don't know much about the AFL world, but was that overall a positive experience for you, those years of your life, or was it a hard time for you? Or how did you, when you look back on your AFL career, all the off field stuff, how did you feel about it? Mate, I would have loved to have got drafted older. So I got drafted the day after I finished school. So Fuck. Yeah, so I was at boarding school at Assumption, um, which is in Kilmore. And so I was a boarder. So I, I finished, I did my media exam on the Friday with a good friend of ours, Jamie Harding. We both finished school <laughs> yeah. the same day and we yeah. went over the road. Um, his father lived over the road, Big Briser. And we had a couple of beers and then I caught the train back home to mum's. The next morning I wake up, I get drafted. Wow. The next day, back down to Tullamarine to fly to Adelaide. Oh my so, God. And then I started on the Monday, right? So it's like that. It's crazy. And I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready for it. Like from a talent point of view, like you've, you, you've, you've got that. But from a mental point of view, I, I, I didn't have it at that age. I was an incredibly immature kid. Um, living in a boarding house, you know, mucking around, all like exclusively mucking around. You've you you've seen what my boarding house friends and I are like. We're, we're yeah yeah like hive mind stuff totally. Um, and so when I first got over there, I really struggled, um, really homesick, and missed my friends. Like that's a thing that happens to a lot of boarders when they leave boarding school because you're so used to having your best friends around you all the time. All around, yeah. Like literally not having to make any effort to hang out. Like our rooms would literally go up to here. For me to see you, I would just stand up. Hey, Luke, what's going on? Like that's <laughs> that's the effort that you put in. And then you, you know I'm interstate. I'm immature. I'm living in a place where I don't know anyone. So what what's that? Where do, do the crows Adelaide, put you Adelaide. up? But do the crows yeah, put oh, you up in a house, or how does that all work? So I had a host family. Um, right. Uh, the Bax family, um, they lived in Glenelg. Beautiful. Um, be- beautiful people. Beautiful, beautiful people. Um, still, uh, and, their, and their youngest daughter, she was like 24 or 25 when I first got there. Um, and she just took me under her wing. So she was great. Like, without her, I would have gone insane. Yeah. Because, like, whilst I, whilst I love footy, like, I'm not a, like, I'm not necessarily like a footy I'm a footy person, but I'm not like, like, like that's not my favorite type of environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the, what, I, I, what I get from you is that you, you know, you, you love chatting about footy, but you also uh, love chatting about a million other things and have a lot of interests that aren't footy related, I would say. Yeah. And that's what I really struggled with at the start, finding people where I could get that escape from footy mm, because yeah. like I, I would have been fine down here because I had all my boarding school friends, but I got drafted to the crow. So I had to find new friends and, you know, you live this weird life where you don't really leave the house much. You're like, cause you're just training and eating and sleeping and like, you're so tired all the time. And so it's really hard to make friends away from the footy club. And it's a blessing and a curse. Like, 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 like diving right into footy was something that I probably should have done, but I was looking to get away from it. And, and you know, that's what makes so many of these guys really good is that footy's it. One track you know, line. Like, yeah. 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 And, you know, you hear Michael Jordan, like 
he was so good because he was so single-minded, not for a second comparing these guys to him, but it's like, it's that mindset. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really struggled with that, but, um, once I started making a few mates outside the footy club, my footy started to improve as well. And, um, because you were feeling less pressure and, and less, I had an outlet. Like, yeah. like, like I could go and talk, talk to someone about, like I could go to galleries with people or, you know, I could talk about films. Like I'm sounding like a fucking cockhead, but you know, no, like- no, that's so important. I think. And if, so, so it's interesting because for a lot of people say, um, if you're, you're studying your masters or whatever, and you're, you know, you're obsessed with the books and you're doing all this academic stuff it, for those people, footy or a sport would be their outlet. But you've just flipped it and, you know, your, yeah. your whole thing is footy. You need something different to take your mind off it. You always need an outlet of some kind that's different oh, from your 100%. main thing. Always. Uh, yeah. Agreed. And, like, it was also really hard. Well, sorry. It's also really hard when you're not 100% sure what your outlets are or where you, or where you can drive your creativity if you're that way inclined. Like, mm. a lot of guys, they, they play a lot of golf. I love golf. But like for a lot of guys, golf is golf is so cathartic for them. It lets them get away, but they can still focus on you know narrow mindedness or whatever it is. And I lo- like I love golf, but for me, it's like you know what do I find creative? Like I love, as you know, like I love coming up with oh, is there a joke in this or yeah. is there a sketch in this? Yeah, oh, I reckon this is funny. Like like I've got like that's how my mind works, and I need and and it took me a while to realize that 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 what that was what it was. Yeah, and then once and then once I did like, um, I started loving it because I was more I was more confident in who I was and I knew what I what I needed to tick. So when I went to all the other clubs, it was like, yeah, sure, hanging out with the footy guys all the time. But I've also got my other interests, and I dove into them, and 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 then that made footy far more enjoyable for me because at, at the start, I must admit, I really hated it. I think it makes it makes total sense. You always need that. And I think you especially need that creative outlet at all times. I know I do as well. It's just like Yeah, and and, and like it might not even be it might not even be actually making anything, but it's like sitting around with people who are the same and like actually you know, creating creating a world and then creating characters within it totally. and then playing them off against each other and going this is fucking funny. And yeah, and it, it, it can be as simple as just shit talking, like just stupid chatter that's meaningless, nonsense. but it's a bit yeah. creative, you know? It's it's that nonsense, but it's sort of brain stimulating in some way. Everyone's being a bit weird and everyone's... And yeah, I think... And you, you know, you, you, you're, you're creatively building off everyone. Totally, you know? like, totally. Yeah, it's a little world. Yeah. yeah. Did you... So by the time you got to Sydney... Um, were you were you feeling good about footy and enjoying your time yeah, and everything? Yeah, loved it. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it then was a dream. It was a dream to get to the Swans. Yeah, yeah. Because and you went, you supported the Swans as a kid. I think. Yeah, supported supported the Swannies. Um, was there for Pluggers thirteen hundredth. Was there for the two thousand five Grand Final, uh, which we won. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like when I got there, it was just like I kind of I like. I'd already met Mickey and I'd already met Goodsy and Jets on the Indigenous camps and stuff. So Mickey, I wasn't a player at the time. He'd retired, but he was around. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was honestly, I was like a kid in a candy store, man. It was amazing. Were they, um, I saw on, on Yokai footy, you were chatting with Ross Lyon about the importance of Indigenous mentors at clubs. Um, yeah. And, and I think you were chatting with him about, the the need for clubs to have a, a proper person in a role that is always doing that job. And I think Ross was saying that naturally experienced Indigenous players sometimes just pick that role up. And I like when I was hearing that, I was Goodsy came to my mind. I can just assume that he would be yeah. a great mentor Amazing. for young Indigenous players like you. Is that yeah, is that an accurate assessment oh, of him? One one hundred percent. I think yeah, because because the point that we were making about having that role within the club is like it's hard enough. It's hard enough making it into the AFL. It's then hard enough keeping your spot. Then it's hard enough being good, like being a good player. 
it's hard enough having all the scrutiny, all that kind of stuff, balancing your work and your life and all that kind of stuff. It's hard enough having your own family and doing all those things and, you know, studying or whatever it is for life after footy. And then on top of that, imagine being like, like, and then it's just by a lot of clubs, it's just expected that because you're an old indigenous guy, you'll do this as well for us. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like fucking hell, man. I'm exhausted. Then, <laughs> I'm exhausted like, hearing that list. <laughs> I know. It's like eating right, training hard, training <laughs> yeah. well, setting goals. Like, like, when do I get to relax? <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, cool. By the way, we just drafted an Indigenous kid, so he's going to live with you until we find um, yeah. a place for it. Yeah, it's you're like, essentially going to take on the role of like a, a youth worker on top of all the other things that you're doing already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I getting uh, like, 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 and this isn't reflected in my salary or, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, it, yeah. you know, totally. um, obviously, obviously not complaining about the money the guys get. That's just making any, like making a point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, um, it's just extra work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's extra work. And, the amazing thing about like the indigenous culture and a lot of these guys is that they just don't bat an eyelid. They yeah. just go, fucking oath, I want to look out for him. I want to look yeah. after him. Like Andrew McLeod basically took me in. I basically lived at his place yeah. Um, yeah. three nights a week. He couldn't kick me out. Um, <laughs> um, like Goodsy, Goodsy's the same. Like, oh, it was, he, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of the indigenous, like, like, all of the guys who, who you think would be legends and uh, beautiful people, it's like, yeah, they are. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, Eddie Betts. Like- I, I was actually going to mention Eddie just because, just because of, um, you know, you just see little two-minute conversations that he has with commentators after the game. And I feel like Eddie Betts is someone where you can just, you can only, you hear him speak for five seconds and you're like, that guy is a very kind person. He's a very sweet person. You can just feel it almost. A beautiful person, yeah. like... A beautiful guy. Everywhere he goes, he just like he he leaves every place he's been in infinitely better than 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 when he got there. Yeah, Which, yeah. I mean, far out. If you want an endorsement, or like if if that's what people say about you, you fuck it. You yeah, like kicking goals. Yeah, that's pretty good. I am yeah. not that. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's ever said that about me. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, he's an all right bloke. Sometimes he's he's a bit annoying yeah. sometimes, but he's okay. Yeah, you get him on a good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he's in a good mood, he can be yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you're at Sydney. Just to, uh, I just want to, I want to. This is a, a bit of a darker tone, but um, you were at Sydney uh, during some of the period, or I'm not sure all of the period, or some of the period where Adam Goods was getting booed. Yeah, so I found myself classically in the stands as the emergency um, in that game mm. uh, where he got vilified. Mm. And um, so, <laughs> yeah, so Tommy Mitchell and I were in the stands, were emergencies, and the next, like, so we left the game at halftime because we'd, um, we had, like, a dog o'clock flight to Canberra the next day to play, like, Aspley or something like that. That's yeah. Queensland. But like one of those um, needful teams. Yeah, yeah. And so we leave So we leave the game. We go back to our hotel um, and we just like jump on, jump on our phones, have a look at the score. Like we're just watching it in the room together and like everything shifted. Like you, you could just see the mood shift. And obviously mm. it, it, it was that incident um, yeah. where he got caught. Where he got caught, where he got caught. Yeah. And um, – and then, yeah, like, obviously all, all the fallout happened and it was, it was fucked because I just remember feeling so fucking helpless. Like, this is, this is my hero, one of my heroes, so many people's hero, and you're just watching people fuck him up. It, like, and there was, there was literally nothing any of us could, well, sorry, we, I don't even know if I tried to do enough. Like we would just stick up for him, like arguments, all this kind of. But I would, I would say, um, I like you know, and this is just my little personal opinion. But I would say, 
it's 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 not as much on people like you and even people within the footy club, but especially Indigenous people, I think just fucking white people, you know, I've obviously I think there was some people doing terrible things throughout that whole period and making this guy feel like shit and it was so horrible. But I think even people like myself who was, I was always like, this is ridiculous. Why is this guy getting booed? But I could have fucking gotten in more arguments with people. I could have, you know, told people, yeah. I could have, you know what I mean? I just, I've, I feel like the onus was on, people well, like me, white people, to to stand up for this guy a bit more. And when I watch the final quarter, that documentary, it, it, it makes me really, really sad, really sad and, and really guilty. And, and it's just a horrible, horrible feeling. Mate, I can't. I've, I've, I've watched that twice. The second time I watched it and then like... Um, so the first time I watched the final quarter. No, sorry, I'm thinking of the Australian dream. The final quarter is the same. Yeah. Um, I've, but yeah, so like the final quarter I've watched once. I can't, I can't watch that. Mm. Um, and, and the Australian dream I watched twice. The first time I watched it at um, the premiere and I was, I, I nearly fucking, I, I was at MIF last year and I, yeah. I nearly, like I almost had to walk out. And then the second time, uh, I watched it and then I did like a, a talk to a whole heap of government people um, and I, I, I just had to up and leave. Like I didn't even make it through. I get so upset, hurt and angry and like I end up being like a fucking caged wildebeest. I'm like, like that I can't control my emotions. So I just have to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, um, it's those like those films were amazing, but I, like we haven't fucking learned shit. Well, like this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, do you feel? I mean, firstly, I want I want to put just at the start of this. I want to put a little thing of like, firstly, I feel a bit like um, funny. You know, obviously, as an Indigenous man, you always get asked, you know, how are you feeling about this or do these things affect you? And I'd want to make sure that that's all right for, for us to go into fine, this territory. Fine, okay. Um, with, with all the Black Lives Matter stuff and the Aboriginal deaths in custody and everything, and I feel like there was a lot of racism that came out on the internet in, in the last few months while this has all been going on. Do you feel, do you feel like, fuck, like, you know, the goodsy thing happened a while ago and can you see any progress or do you feel like we've just, how do you feel? Zero. Yeah. yeah. Zero progress. Like I'm really, I'm really cynical about it. I must admit. Mm. And I need to keep reminding myself to be positive and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I can get, I can get in, into a pretty dark place about it. Cause yeah, like it's out of everyone's, it's out of everyone's, news feeds like it was kind of i saw a lot of that as social currency right yeah like this is the cool thing to be doing right now let's do it but like fuck me man like i don't get to i don't get to take the black off when i walk exactly. out of my house exactly yeah like, four weeks after the story's passed four weeks after everything's done i'm still getting profiled like i think the thing that a lot of my friends don't realize because i'm i'm kind of like like i'm starting to do okay you know um from a career point of view people just think ah and like i've always i've kind of always been like um i've attempted to be a high achiever you know like playing footy and then now in the media and doing all that kind of stuff so no one like like no one well not no one but it's i think it's really shocking for my friends who are overwhelmingly white um, and I, I don't say that in a bad way. It's just that's just mm. my lot, um, and I love them. It's really shocking for them to hear what happens to someone who, in their in their group, they will perceive as someone who who is achieving. Definitely. And it's like like it doesn't. Well, sorry, it does discriminate, but it doesn't like like no matter no matter what level of success I get to. I'm still going to get fucking asked for, 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 you know, to prove why I'm, why I'm where I'm at or followed around the store. Or, yeah. Yeah. All that. And then, and then on top of it, it's like, fuck, 
right, like, like nothing happens to Rio Tinto who blow up a fucking 45,000 year old um, cave, which yeah. has, you know, like that's, that should be one of the most sacred sites in the world. Like we, yeah. we care about Stonehenge. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously Stonehenge is amazing. And rightly so. It's an artifact from a time before us. Yeah, but why isn't that care shown with Indigenous exactly things? I mean, right. especially it's it's the oldest the oldest surviving culture in the world. I heard someone. I heard Lydia Thorpe speaking recently, um, and she she was yeah she was sort of saying I I want I don't want I don't just want my people, Aboriginal people, this is her words, to be recognised in the Australian constitution. I want the constitution to be completely changed so that, that, that you know, Aboriginal people should be at the, at the forefront of it and the, the culture and everything should be one of the most important things about Australia because it is. No, but it, should, it should be the thing, It's, right? it's like, the thing. It's, it's, the, it's how, the true Australia, isn't it? Like, how, what, but, like, I just don't understand, like, this, this is, like, if you had a race from, like, the land before time living in your country, you know, a race that have survived fucking ice ages, crusade, like, everything that you think is old, we were here before. Yeah. Like, wouldn't wouldn't you be like, holy fuck, man, mm. like, this is, this, like, like, we are the export. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, totally. Like, like, our export shouldn't be coal. It should be fucking indigenous culture. Come learn some shit off us, and I mean, and and in a practical sense as well. Learn learn about how to how to protect this land and how to help the climate and bush. Yeah, exactly. Burn your fucking land off properly. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like there's there's literally so much we can learn about sustainability. um, You know, learning how to look look after the land and let the land look after us. Like, like. The way the way our, our um, architecture could be, and the way the architecture could work with the land to be ergonomic and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Literally, so many ways to do things. But it's like, it's, oh well, that's fucking classic England, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, you know, here's 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 a ruby we'll have from here to the horizon. Anyway, I get quite worked up about that. No, I think you should. So do I. I. I think it's. I think it's disgusting. And the Rio Tinto thing, especially like the fact that that happened in the midst of a global Black Lives Matter movement, and didn't really receive any media attention. Like it sort of just happened, and I don't know. No one was really talking about it. It's like this is a fucking massive disgrace that they've done this. Oh and- no! Oh no! And the, and and like even now, I think they they're doing. They're gonna. I think they've commissioned a coal mine somewhere in New South Wales, which is on another sacred site. Yeah. It's just like the government's just, they, it might sound like I'm just, this is a throwaway line, but it's like the government literally don't give a shit about Aboriginal people because if they did, we would see, we would see some, some kind of change. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. the proof is actually in the pudding, not in what they say. So, like the closing the gap report, um, it, like like it is just disgusting. Yeah. Every single it, and like our statistics, every single year, they don't improve; they get worse. Yeah. Like we're actually getting worse, and our government's doing nothing to support us. Mm. Nothing. Then, do you feel um, sort of angered by things like? you know, the, the sort of the ceremonial welcome to country at, at government events that they do or, or whatever it might be, like little sort of token things like that. Like, because I feel like sometimes when I see service. things like that at event, yeah, that's what it feels like. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like all these young Indigenous kids are being locked away in prisons, but, you know, you're saying a welcome to country before the event and that makes it all okay. Like, Yeah, I get... Depends what day you get me on. Um, <laughs> 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 like, well, I think it's I think it's great to share the culture, and it's it's nice for people to see it. But I ultimately think it's it's done from a box ticking point of view rather than a true cultural change point of view. If that makes yeah. sense. So no, like, I agree. So like, I'm kind of having my cake and eating it too. There, like, 
I love I love people getting to see our culture and people who may not have seen it before. But then by the same token, it's like, well, what's the driving force behind this? Is this because we've got something in a policy that was written, you know, in twenty in twenty twelve? I sort of feel like sometimes like when I used to live with my mum, I wouldn't I wouldn't clean the kitchen while she's at work, like, and just so I do it in front of her, so she knows. And I, you know, I probably wouldn't even do a great job, but it's like, oh, she sees me like packing away those few dishes, like, oh, I've done enough. That's that's enough no. now. I don't actually care about her feeling good in her own home. It's you about, about you me looking good. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so we're getting we're getting into the um, realm of does. Does empathy exist? Like, does sorry, um, altruism? Does true yeah. altruism exist? It's like, like if I help this old lady across the road, am I doing that for me or for <laughs> her? But, yeah. but she gets across the road. That's the thing. Does it matter? So, I mean, far out. There's some. There's some way smarter people than us that can solve <laughs> the issue of whether or not a welcome to country's a good thing or a bad. I, I, th- I don't think it can be a bad thing, but I'm quite cynical about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that makes sense. I just, I, I worry, and this is what I, I, th- I think I might've spoken to you about this, about the Black Lives Matter thing and stuff. I sometimes worry that, you know, you have a big discussion like this and, and, and it's in the media finally, and everyone's talking about black deaths in custody and these sorts of things. And then, um, for example, the, the, all the blackface gets taken down off Netflix, which I think that's probably a good thing. I don't think it's good to have blackface on Netflix, but then I worry that that's like the end of it. It's like, oh, we took the, you know, and you can just imagine the right-wing people being like, but we took the blackface off, you know, what more do you want? Like, yeah, I know, perhaps better, better <laughs> life expectancy, less suicide, deaths in custody, child incarceration, general incarceration. Uh, disease, maybe, maybe, maybe some of those verticals. Yeah, if, possibly. If we, could, if we could have a look at them, um, and then, and then, and then, blackface off Netflix as well. That's almost like that should be like the cherry on top. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, by the way, guys, we actually took some ba- some blackface off Netflix. <laughs> oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, know? you. Yeah, that 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 does mean a lot now because you've done all these other things, these these really big things that. The government and white Australia has made no fucking effort to, to do anything literally, about Literally no effort. Mm. Literally none. Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Oh, yeah. So, like, my level of cynicism is so bad with this stuff. Like, the marches and all of that stuff. Like, yep. fuck me. If I see one, like, if I see one more little white fuck <laughs> up the front, like, lead, trying to lead chance. Yeah. For their Instagram, yeah, like fuck off, yeah, and yeah. and also it's like if you ever want a brand new fucking widescreen plasma TV, mate, go to fucking North Fitzroy when one of those things is on, mate, because all the <laughs> champagne socialists are fucking down marching, yeah, and I'll yeah. just sing into their not even middle class anymore, upper no, class, upper class, you know, totally, you know? and and I would say also that a lot of them don't know any Aboriginal people or have probably never had a conversation with an Aboriginal person in their life. It's the right thing to do, darling. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll look great on the Instagram story. It looks really good. I'll put it in black and white. It looks pretty. It looks really pretty. (laughs) And, you know, black, white, you know, it's like double meaning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so (laughs) against racism. I hate the (laughs) black-white divide. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean... I'm like, yeah, there's so many, so many things to be frustrated with, with the world right now, isn't there? You know, yeah, like, there is. It's been, I must admit, this year's been very, very heavy. Like, for, I think for, for everyone, especially for, for, for black people, because like, we went straight out of the fires where our country was burning. Yeah. Straight into, you know, Black Lives Matter. And people in Australia only picked that up because Hollywood got behind it, right? Yeah. So, like, and then when we did pick it up, we were like, oh, it's disgusting what's happening over in the States. It's like, well, hang on. Like, let's actually reflect internally. Every single every single thing that they're, com- or every single statistic that they're com- complaining, that they're campaigning <laughs> about, 
fucking stop complaining. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they're campaigning about, I'm in my head about cam, um, campaigning, complaining now. Uh, help me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is worse here. So like we've got worse everything here. Um, and then like to your, to your point before it, like everyone just shares it at you. So like you all of a sudden are elevated to expert and it's just, and like, and whilst all of this is going on below the surface, this fucking deadly pandemic, oh, no. which you're more likely to die from than yeah, all of exactly. your friends yeah. is going on. Um, it, like, like, like literally even, even COVID discriminates. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, uh, and like the whole while you're getting so worked up about Black Lives Matter and people finally caring and, then everyone's directing their questions at you because they're trying to be good allies and you're just so fatigued all the time and you're so angry and you're so upset and then you've got to go about your job and try to do that and especially being in the public eye as a black person, like that's hard because inevitably whenever a, a, an issue of race comes up, you're, you're thrown forward yeah. and, and so you're always asked to comment on things and if you don't comment fuck, is he, you know, what's he, what's he doing? And so, well, fuck, man, I'm buggered. I've exactly. been commenting for 24 hours to literally everyone who talks to me because they all, they all want to know. And yeah. it's like, and it's like, my God, man, this is fucking hard. And then after all that, nothing changes, right? Mm. It's like, ugh, there's, um, you know, Jane, uh, James Franklin, uh, the writer, the American yeah. writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not. I am not your Negro. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's he's got a quote, and it's so true here. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure when when the when he said the quote, and I'm not going to say this is verbatim. This is paraphrased. Is it yeah. from "I am not your Negro"? It's 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 from him. So he, right, right, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, and the quote is to be to be a black man in this country and to be somewhat conscious is to be walking around in a rage almost the whole entire time yeah. and like i'm just always like here yeah Al always like and you just get so good at masking it like yeah but, like, just but that's that's i imagine that is so tiring that mask so draining just, it's really yeah. really draining and then like you know when the little micro racism things happen in front of you you're like fuck is this the hill like can i be bothered can't even be bothered pulling that fucking prick up on that yeah you know yeah. And, and and then and then you're like like i won't i won't reveal who it was but i had a pretty bad one happen before before um before taking something to air mm. and like we all just kind of let it go because we had a like like we had to do something like 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 we all had to yeah create something you're about right? to you're about to be on air about to walk person. out about to be on air you know about to perform with yeah. that person i mean you that's know? the ultimate mask to have to put that away you know i yeah i can't imagine yeah and 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 so then like yeah every now and again you just fucking snap you're just like nah fuck you you know yeah, <laughs> like, totally totally and then it's like for doing like and then and then after it all it's like, what's actually changed? We don't even own the rights to our own fucking flag, man. Yeah. Like, uh, that constantly having to put up with it and then, um, you know, eventually enough's enough. That's one of the things I respect so much about Adam Goods is that, like, I, in the Australian dream, I think he says the the night that he got vilified and, and got called what he got called, He'd, he'd had a discussion with Nicky Winmar a few days earlier and, and he said that was all in his head and, you know, taking a stand and all these things. And so he he just, he was brave and just straight away called it out. And I just think that's so, because, you know, I, I'd, I'd be scared to do that in his position and, and, and tired, like you're saying, and all these things. And he was just like, no, nah, fuck this. Like, that's not okay. I think I that's think so about admirable. So so you know how like before I was talking about like all of the things that you have to do to be an AFL footballer, right? So these are 
And then this is him in the middle of a game where people are trying to stop him, <laughs> perform, doing yeah. his best. And just, like, and then to have racism in your work, fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, Goodsies. So I guess my my way of trying to make a difference is trying to, you know, become, I don't know, like a, a big figure in, you know, media, entertainment, whatever it is, so yeah. that I can give balance and I can give, I can champion that black point of view. Which is so needed, Tone. I was watching the footy the other day and it was just like, for fuck's sake, we got Dunstool, Rashudo, like, you know, and, you know, some of these commentators are great and they're great at their job, but it's like, fuck, fuck another five old white guys, like, sitting there. <laughs> it's Man, it's I, not um, good. And, and no, it's not. It's like, how how can you actually think your broadcast is as good as it, is as good as it, can, as it can be if yeah. you literally just got just the five exact same perspective yeah. and it's like where yeah yeah so like i want to try to get to a position then where, where i can influence and bring people through behind me so that we've actually got in mainstream media like we've got a strong voice yeah um, yeah because the biggest travesty for goodsy was like there wasn't so like even if the goodsy stuff hadn't have happened now I'd be able to, I'd be able to do like a huge thing with the ABC and just That's so true, yeah. You know, but but there wasn't. He didn't have that 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 support in, in the commercial scale, no. did he? No. He and didn't. and you saw just what was so bizarre about it. You just every night you'd turn on the TV and you'd just see more white men discussing the situation without any indigenous perspective the whole time throughout the whole saga, no indigenous perspective. It was like, it was really odd, really strange. Yeah. Like people like Goodsy have have helped me find my voice. And like the hard thing is like being a, being um, like a black fella is you've got to be, you like, we actually have to be better to just get to. So like, you have to be so much better just to get to, to the same level as someone. Mm. And then like to, to, to go up in, in, in the rungs, you have to be better again. Yeah. Cause you're more yeah. highly scrutinized. Yeah. Like, He's like a great example off. of that, isn't he? Because he like, he just, he just like dual Brownlow medalist, all this stuff. And he was still scrutinized till the end. You it's, know? Like, it's like, what fucking more yeah. do you want from him? He's a, beautiful speaker he's a great guy like articulate he's got he's got a he's got a he's got a um he's got an education foundation that he set up with mickeyo he's um he's providing employment to hundreds of people he's building he's building fucking subs or some shit in in adelaide like that's part of his company so he's providing people with jobs he's like, like superman man he's black superman i've said that a million times he's fucking black superman (laughs) <laughs> um, the, the, the unfortunate thing is fucking racism is our fucking kryptonite to use that example. It's yeah. like, like fucking have a, have a, have a go at his football or something like fuck, like have a go at that, even though then it's wrong, but at least just have a go at the footy man. Like, yeah. 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 Why do you have to go to that point? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a really it's cheap. Really it's cheap. fucking cheap. It's gross. Like, it's really gross. And what's kind of started happening to me now that I'm starting to begin to elevate, I, I get fucking trolls all the time. Yeah, well. I like saw people, a message that you that you posted oh, on yeah. your story. This yeah, is fucking... Like, for someone oh, like that, me, I don't even realise that that is happening to someone like you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not aware of that. But, but there's like... You know how like there's the thing it's like behind every every selfie that's uploaded there's like a million behind it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's what that was. I just God. he just he just like he sent it through and I saw it and I and I just was compelled to just share it. I was like, "Oh, cuz like I wouldn't look like I obviously I don't normally um and I didn't want to name him either. But you know, it's just like far out, man. Like I actually, I feel pretty sorry for these people because I'm like, how shit are you going that you feel compelled to reach out to someone you don't know 
to be yeah. racist. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what? Well, what's happened to you, man? Mm, like, yeah. I'm, I, I feel for you. <laughs> like, <in a> <laughs> well, like that, I do. That's impressive that you can do that because I like I, I sort of know deep down. Oh, this person must. There must be something really wrong. But even still, I can't feel for them. Like I'm just. Uh, I'm still just like, nah, fuck this. Piece oh, of again, shit. depends what day you get me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, like I mean, with the goodsy stuff, fuck. Like if that happened now, I'd be calling every single fucking station, and I'd be like, "Get me on, get me on with fucking whoever it is." Like, yeah, get yeah, me on. Yeah, I need it. I need and it. I'd, back this guy. Yeah, and I would go fucking hack. Like, yeah, yeah, because. The hard, like, the other thing, like, it's great that we've got, like, NITV and it's great that even that we've got the SBS, which give a start to Indigenous people Mm. in the media. But to be frank, like, the majority of the population aren't watching those stations. Yeah. And, like, whilst it's great to have, you know, black stations and multicultural stations for black and multicultural people, we need to be... We need to be on, you know, yeah. ABC. We need to be on yeah. seven. We need to be on, on nine. Seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, yeah. That's where we're going to get the cut through. Because I just think, like, as a general thing, like for 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 black kids and for white kids, especially, like, white kids need to grow up turning on channel seven and being like, oh, some people look that way and and they're different. successful yeah. as well, and they're you know, and and just all these things. It's like. As a white kid in Australia, like, what's your experience of Aboriginal people? You learn a little bit in school and it's, like, the shittest. It's, like, a lot of it's not true. And also, it's, like, 20 minutes for the whole... Like, you go to school for 12 years. I reckon I did, like, 20 minutes of stuff about Aboriginal Australia and I'd say a lot of it wasn't true. Like, fucking hell. Like, basically, the only way you learn about us is through entertainment, be that sport or be that um you know the arts yeah yeah because they're like true levelers right totally yeah and even then to and even then to a degree like you don't see indigenous people playing golf no because it's a it's you've got to have a bit of cash to play that yeah 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 you don't see us you know in the in the regattas yeah (laughs) you don't see that yeah but You'll see us in things where, and we're not dumb enough to play cricket. Um, <laughs> like I played it for a little bit. And I'm like, why? Why the fuck am I standing in the sun yeah. in long sleeves and long yeah. pants this is in the 40, when I could be down by the fucking pool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even getting to go batting, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and I got out, and I got out for a duck. Like, yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. Shit. I didn't even hit the ball once, <laughs> and the ball hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, stupid. like, but like, you know, you'll see us playing, you know, basketball, uh, league, union, whatever it is, AFL, and that's where you learn about us through the mm. prism of being excellent, right? But yeah, it's and that's that's why you need us on the screens talking to totally scholars talking to and just making it normal because at the moment, if I if I was on Channel Seven. It'd be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that guy. Oh, in like like indigenous this. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just let me like, like. I'm just the caller, or I'm just the host. Well, I I I found it really interesting last year or the year before for Indigenous Round in the AFL. Um, just for that round on the on the front on the the dream time at the G game on the Saturday night. Um, Gilbert McAdam was the boundary line like reporter on channel seven and i just go you know and he he dominated he was great and i I just like i don't know if gilbert mcadam would want to work at channel seven or whatever but in my head i was just like what why isn't he getting a job at channel seven just for every why does it have to be dream time at the g oh we'll chuck gilly on like it's tokenistic right it, it is it just felt off so i was so wrapped when i broke through at triple m because they didn't do it in Indigenous round. Like, they knew I was going to call that year. They were like, mm. we know you're going to do it, but they were like, the last thing we want to fucking do is have you call Dreamtime. That's great. Um, 
and it was like I couldn't respect it more. Um, and yeah, like so I debuted. I can't remember what round, but it was like Richmond West Coast. Mm. Um, and like they made a massive deal of it, but there was no tokenism about no. it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Pure, it was purely like, oh, he's good enough. That's why he's doing exactly. it. Exactly. He's here because he's a great commentator and he's ready for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that gave me such confidence. Um, I was, before I kind of got poached to ABC, I had all my calls for Triple M lined out this year and I was going to do dream time, but I've already debuted. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, then, so now it just makes sense. It like, just makes sense. Yeah. 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 Get him on, man. You know, totally. Like, of course. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, that makes total sense. Whereas the Gilbert McAdam thing, it's like, you know, he, he could commentate. It's almost a bit like, he'd be great. It's like, where's this come from? And yeah. then, so like, that's another thing. Like I'm really wary of doing things just like, just I don't like being. I don't like being wheeled out. You know. Mm, yeah, totally. Because that, because that happens a bit as well. It's like, oh, we've got these people coming. Let's get our indigenous guy out there. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I bet that then, feels a bit horrible. You know, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're you're a, a great commentator and media personality you know that's yeah. you as a person You're i just not happen just to the be indigenous, indigenous guy you know? yeah, yeah exactly yeah i know and like because because as well like there's a lot like there's a lot of pressure with it as well because like if i fuck up like if i big time fuck up that puts us back yeah they go, oh well, we saw what happened to tony and we thought he was good yeah, you know yeah, like yeah but when is that ever a concern for a white? When is it ever a concern? Yeah. If they fuck up, they probably get their job back. As I said, um, sorry about that. It's such an abrupt ending to the podcast. Tony and I sort of wrapped it up after that little chat and then said our goodbyes, but Zoom had already glitched out and stopped recording the last few minutes of our conversation. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed having a chat with Tony and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Follow him on Instagram, Tony Armstrong. You can probably like him on Facebook. And yeah, just get involved. Watch Yokai Footy on NITV on Wednesday nights. It's a great footy show where they have really good, honest discussions about AFL football and the world around it. Um, and keep listening to this podcast. Rate it, subscribe, do all that shit. And I've got another great guest for next week. So I'll see you then. She's a really fantastic person and a really smart person. I can't wait for you to hear me chatting with her. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, have a good one. Thanks for listening.